Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure and Extract Episode 3. I am Tegan, and with me are... Hey, I'm Jaden. I'm Peyton. We are so happy today to um, talk to you about some awesome news, as well as some other things. To start out, we're going to be discussing um, the three new characters that have come out. We kind of missed a week, so... Um, We're going to start out by talking about Cable, and then move on to Deadpool, and Steve, right? (laughs) Bob. (laughs) Obvious trouble, obvious. generic name. Gotcha. Afterwards, then we're going to follow up on some homework from last week, and we're going to end with a discussion on KOing and dazing characters versus securing. So, let's start with Cable. Yeah. Um, Do you want to go through the card? Because you've got it up, right? Um, yeah, I can go through the card. Sweet. Let's do it. So he's got six health, small model, sorry, small movement, two inch base, and he is threat five. He's got a physical defense of three, energy defense of three, and a magic defense of four. And his plasma rifle, which is a burner, um, with five dice, range five, and inflicts incinerate on wild. And then he's got Ascany. Ascani's son, which is an area of effect two, seven dice attack that after it deals damage, you remove a damage from the character. Costs six energy. Afterwards, he's got a leadership ability for X-Force, where each allied character can reroll one dice in their attack rolls per turn. He's got a movement um, superpower called Body Slide by one. And afterwards, um, he's also got Omega level threat, which allows him to spend power to throw stuff. Finally, he's got a defensive ability, which costs two power, called Telekinetic Shield, and some other passive abilities, one that gives him an extra power and one that makes him immune to poison. And then his flip side of the card has one more health, can... and I think... Yeah, more health. And then his secondary uh, ability changes as well. It can stagger, too. Yeah. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. that's Cable. What do we think? Uh, well, first of all, why are all these words so hard to pronounce? Not sure, man. I'm not either. Lame Marvel time travel. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, because Cable, his fluff is that he's a mutant sent to the future to cure a disease and then comes back, right? Uh, he is from a post-apocalyptic future and comes back to try to fix things. Um, Got it. And creates alternate timelines and has to go fix those timelines and gross timeline crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Delightful. I guess that makes him a prime candidate for being in the MCU at some point because the timelines thing is unlocked. Yes. Now. Absolutely. Yeah, Cable's a fan favorite too. He's pretty yeah. popular. His model well, is freaking gorgeous. His model is phenomenal. <laughs> um, so. Hey, so first you've played with him. Yeah, uh, I, go ahead. I have. I am four games in with Cable. Uh, was all in the Brotherhood. I wanted to see if um, the Brotherhood's power generation along with his throw made him a candidate for the second beater in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about him. Um, he is relatively low damage for a five threat character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his builder being only five dice is kind of sad. Right, like the only other... The other five threats that have five dice attacks have ways to bump damage. So, like, 
Doctor Strange has a full reroll um, and is largely based on control. Uh, Black Bolt has a way to increase his attack dice. He has a reroll and he has a wild pierce on that attack. Um, right. So it just makes him. It, it also makes his power generation kind of weird. It's not consistent. Yeah. And um, he wants to be spending at least two per turn because he wants to use his place effect, right? Right. And if he isn't saving his power to give himself bonus defense dice, he's kind of squishy too. Right. Which is a bit of awkward talk on this because, you know, he's threat five. Yeah. Is he the squishiest threat five without that ability? I think he is, isn't he? Uh, no. Ebony Maw. Ebony Maw, oh, yeah. Oh, I, f- I, for- I forgot Maw existed. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, I... I don't know. I've I've seen it described as like this really weird Hawkeye Modok Doctor Strange mashup. Yeah, a little bit, huh? I mean, he's got the same he's got the same attack as Hawkeye, right? And he has the the range five double tap place to an objective type thing on the wide scenarios, which can be cool. Yep. Um, but Hawkeye's also a three threat. Right. And it has. <laughs> Four physical defense base, which is pretty huge. Yeah, Nelson moves further, right? Yeah, he's moving his power. and he places range three instead of range yeah. two. Although uh, this guy's on a bigger base, so it isn't quite as big of a difference as it looks like it is on paper. Yeah, and Hawkeye does have legitimately half the health, or not half the health, like uh, two thirds of the health of this guy. But um, mm-hmm. it's, but it's still a lot to ask for, um, and. I know that his defensive ability is fantastic, but I'm I'm not sure it's worth not just going more in on the control and buffs that Strange offers. I'm not sure he di- differentiates himself enough from Strange to if you're going in on the defensive stuff to take him. See, it's interesting you say that because I'm kind of interested in playing them both together. Okay. Why? Uh, so they can both buff characters' defense by two. Um, so if you really need something to survive, they can both do it and buff it by four. Um, or you can have somebody who's buffing defense on two sides of the table, which is unique. He can uh, let um, Cable change his plasma rifle to mystic or physical if he needs to, which means that he's going to generate power more consistently. Um, Cable generates two power natively, which means he's a really good pentagram user. Um, which I really, really like, actually, being able to send him through a pentagram, do the Hawkeye trick, and then get back. Um, and, you know, he's a little bit more beefy, so Strange's healing stuff will come up more often. And, uh, I don't know, it just sounds really cool. Plus, I like the idea of being able to say, I will just add four defense dice to this. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, mm. I have not had the chance to use his spender which I thought I would be trying to use a lot. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, it's a good it's spender. Power. In four games, I didn't use it once, which felt weird. But because of his low defense and slightly lower than average for five threat health, I was mm-hmm. spending almost all of my power on teleports or defense dice. That makes sense. So to me, that kind of says that he wants to play in an affiliation where generating power is not an issue. So that's going to be places like what? Inhumans, A-Force, Cabal, maybe. 
Um, I, I could see him being solid in Cabal. Um, the Cabal is already pretty solid at the B shape secures the like the rectangle mm-hmm. uh, shape, um, and being range five um, really allows you to uh, not have to cross the uh, like the no man's land in the center of the board and still contribute. Right. And then he can get out as well, which is yeah. not small. And then he can add defense dice to somebody like Modok uh, and just make him even worse to kill. Right. <sighs> I hate it. I hate it already. I, I have a question that I'd like to pitch to people. Mm. So if his, his main two things are sort of the range five, five dice attack, and then the defensive capabilities, without thinking about affiliations, why not just play like a, a two threat defensive character and Hawkeye? Like what makes him better than that? That's a great What's question, and I don't, I don't know like if Shuri he Hawkeye is. Versus him. You know I, I, Hawkeye? I, yeah, I legitimately don't know if Cable is better than Hawkeye Okoye, except for affiliation reasons, that he's only one character. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure either. I did look at a Wakanda X-Men, but technically an X-Force as well, uh, type list that... Uh, I will be interested in testing when we get Domino's rules. Um, mm-hmm. But you could basically take Storm, it, it was like Storm, Wolverine, Beast, Cable, Domino, Deadpool, um, Shuri, Akoi, Black Panther, and then like a filler spot. Um, mm-hmm. And I like the synergies that Cable gets um, from Wakanda, quite, the Wakandan pieces <laughs> quite a bit. Um, and it also allows X-Men to play more of their hit-and-run style plays, which are what X-Men are pretty good at, and gives them another high-threat, um, relatively mm-hmm. good damage. Yeah. Oh, actually, something we failed to mention. This guy is in which affiliations? X-Men and also X-Force. Is he in, in humans? He's not, is he? He's not. Is he in X-Men? Yes. yes. I believe that was spoiled. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. The three X-Men that are on their affiliation card that we don't have models and hands for are Cable, Domino, and Jean Grey. Which is exciting, because that means there's a Jean Grey coming. Yay, Jean Grey. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how to evaluate him. I've only played against him, and I only played against him once. And I was playing Spider-Foes Thanos, and he died on... like got dazed on turn one and died on turn two. So, you know... I don't really have a strong impression of him. Um, but I don't know. There's a lot of really good things on here, like the terrain throwing, uh, the extra power generation, the long range weapon. But like he doesn't have a way to throw characters. His defensive baseline stats are pretty mopey. And like you said, it's really hard to justify him over Okoye and Hawkeye or Okoye and somebody else. That's a three threat and pretty good. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, I can tell you I'll be picking him up just to paint him, because boy, is that model cool. The shield looks way dope, yeah. The shield looks super cool. And, Mm -hmm. like, apparently his model is super customizable. Like, his belt pouches and stuff come with, like, a bunch of different options. And I think, like, there's a futuristic weapon and a regular weapon or something like that. Yes. Um, Did you watch the painting stream where they went over the model in more detail than you can see in the gallery? No, uh, the painting streams are right in the middle of what I'm teaching every day. And uh, so they went over it and his force field, you know, has the bullet explosions on the side of the edge of the base uh-huh. on the on the side of the force field facing cable. There's um, 
like ripples from the oh that's dope nice oh that's pretty cool (laughs) yeah okay i'm in that sounds awesome um cool so yeah uh undecided dominoes rules are probably important but we have two other characters to talk about why don't we do bob next i agree bob bob seems unique Yes, that's a word for it. <laughs> hey, do you have his card brought up? Do you want to go over his, his stats? Uh, sure, I can do that. Okay. Uh, so, Bob, Agent of Hydra. He's got three stamina. He's a medium move, size two, two threat. He, all three of his defenses are two. Which is the worst in the game, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Alright, <laughs> had to double check. <laughs> Uh, he's got two attacks. His builder is a Hydra Pistol. Range three, four dice, zero power. He generates one power uh, automatically, but can only gain one off of it. Mm-hmm. And then his second attack is the reason to play Bob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> excessive violence. Range four, nine dice, zero power. This character yeah. may choose this attack only if it has a loaded token. If it uses this attack, it loses all loaded tokens it has. Four damage is dealt. All characters in range two of the target take two damage. And uh, before damage is dealt, the opponent to Bob will throw him away short. And if he doesn't have a daze token after the throw, he takes three damage and will automatically daze. Yeah. Then he has three superpowers. He has Hydra Tactics. This is identical to the superpower on Winter Soldier. Uh, he can pay two power and be placed within range one of an allied character that is within range two. This is an eight cost superpower that is also an action. It gives him a loaded token, which allows him to use excessive violence again. Yep. And Muy Caliente, uh, this character starts with one loaded token. Yep. Uh, and his back backside is exactly the same. Yeah. No, he nope. gains a superpower. He gets, but how? Uh, if he doesn't oh, have... Oh, yeah. Uh, if this character does not have an activated token, and they would be KO'd by having damage tokens placed on it, it gets a daze token instead, and will lose three power in the uh, cleanup phase. If he's your only character at any point in the game, you lose. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> so, what do we think, guys? So hearing his front side and reading it for the first time, I thought he was kind of like a tactics card, to be honest. Like one of those hybrid <laughs> attack a, things. a pretty good way to think about that. Because it comes out, he does this thing, and then he's kind of done. But his backside makes me think that he might be a little bit more relevant than that. I'm not sure, though. So, first of all, affiliations. He's in uh, Cabal and also X-Force? I don't think he's been confirmed for X-Force. Um, but it is... That is a suspicion. Okay. Um, um, he has been confirmed for Cabal. Okay, so I think the fact that he's a two-threat and works for Cabal is probably going to get him to see play by itself. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Cabal doesn't have any of those. It sure doesn't. Um, I also think he has the potential... To like... Wait, Cabal has Black Widow, doesn't it? Nope. nope. It doesn't? Okay. Never mind then. Nope. Sorry. Um, 
also has the potential to just like actually end the game because he can throw a nine dice attack at something from a goodly distance too because he can place himself so like pick somebody with a range two of him place himself with a range one of them if it's like Modoc, which is going to be in Cabal that means he's moving like what three six seven seven ish inches plus base size plus range four is his yeah. threat range so that's that's a lot also, if That's you're playing him a ball, Red Skull can, if need be, place him too as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So his, his threat range is mm-hmm. very difficult to avoid. Deny. Yeah. Um, What's the average amount of damage he does with an excessive violent violence to the target? Like nine dice. Assuming uh, it's five. Yep. However, Cabal has a uh, one of the affiliated tax cards for Cabal is Dark Rain, which is you pick an enemy character and all Cabal characters have full rerolls to when attacking that character. Yep. Yep. Um, so that brings it to, I think, seven. Yeah. Not, can, not to mention the extra damage to the surrounding characters. Yes. So you get to trade him for a higher piece, essentially. Like, yes. you daze him, but you get to trade him for, like, maybe a three and even four threat character, potentially. Oh, heck, there's some five threats he'll take out, too. Mm-hmm. Uh if he's there was some math put out uh, I don't remember I know Mark Andre referenced it on his latest cast I don't remember if it's put out by Jacob or not um, but if he is going make just no buffs just as nine dice attack into a five health character with three physical defense he has a 55 percent chance I believe it was to the days that's pretty good Dang. um yeah that's so, really good like I said, that's no buff. So you usually have Zemo in your Cabal, and if you really want, if it's a character that matters a lot, you can Dark Rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- that's a sort of uh, fantastic uh, damage piece for, especially for early game. Yeah. Okay. Random thought: since I've been playing so much of Black Order, is this guy nuts in Black Order? I what? think he's not bad. <laughs> uh, so. My concern is he actually dies fairly quickly mm-hmm. because you can't stall until late in the round to activate him because of, I guess you could pass for the first couple activations. I've been passing a lot. Yeah. Okay. But so um, here's my logic. He's got a nine dice attack. He can be cosmic portal around by Thanos and then he can hydro tactics himself. Um, and you can death decree that. And then when he's on his injured side, if you feel like you're just never going to get him back up to, you know, the maximum of power, like the max power so that you can do it again. Yeah. You can just use sacrifice. And that card's actually like a card that you'll enjoy playing in Black Order because boy, having three extra power on Thanos and Corvus is I mean, relevant. He also has uh, eight die. So you can guarantee to get him days turn one in Black Order. Um, which then means you can start death decreeing him for eight dice attacks every turn. Oh, that's actually very relevant. Yep. Hmm. Potentially also dazing somebody with him on round one to set you up for the round two KO that you really want. And he's a cheap piece that you don't mind activating first with Black Order to see what your opponent will do in response. Yes. Uh, also, Mm-mm. I don't know how often you've done the turn one motherships. A couple um, times. But he doesn't really need his power turn one. Right. So handing his power off to Proxima to allow um, 
her to move up to be exactly range four in front of, or uh, not. She doesn't have to. Be, she can just double the long move across the board. Mothership Corvison, turn one. Yep. Um, after you've potentially day someone else with him. Right. Um, I think he's solid uh, as a two threat there. Yeah. I'm at least intrigued. I think it sounds fun. Um, I, where else? Where else are we thinking for him? I, I don't know. He's, yeah. I, he's a very, very odd character. Um, I could see him potentially in like the super, super wide Guardians builds. Oh, please no. Please no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, is it worth giving him winging it tokens? It is worth giving him winging it tokens, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, please no. <laughs> oh my gosh. I get killed by that on like a semi weekly basis already. <sighs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do we think about his model? I like his art better than his model, unfortunately. His art is actually pretty, pretty, pretty funny. I like it. Uh, yeah. I also agree. I'm not super impressed with the model, but it'll be a fun model to have on the table. I. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a fine model, but I think the rocket launcher on his card is just much cooler looking than the rocket launcher that they gave him, which is disappointing. I do love the chef hat. The chef hat is pretty great. Uh, I agree. <laughs> I'm I'm having problems here because I've I've gone for like a fairly gritty, realistic looking paint scheme on most of my models, and so I'm kind of like wrestling with myself about how I'm going to paint him in Deadpool up. Yeah, because they are very not gritty or realistic characters. Well, you can make Deadpool gritty and realistic. He's got that, yeah, uh, option. But yeah, no, Bob himself does not have that really <laughs> um so i don't know he's on a 35 mil base right he's not on a medium yep he's on a small yeah okay my war machine brain is having a hard time adapting to uh the almost 40 millimeter bases being the small bases <laughs> and the medium bases be equivalent to large bases and for and war machine uh-huh yep yeah. <laughs> yep nope <laughs> Does not compute. <laughs> Shall we All move right. on to Deadpool? Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Deadpool. Jin, why don't you do the stats rundown for Deadpool? All right. I can do the stats rundown for Deadpool. So, uh, Wade Wilson is a four stamina character. He's move medium. He's size two. He's threat three, which I'm very glad about. I was concerned they were going to cram rules on him and make him threat four. Um, he's a three, three, four for defensive stats. And then he has two attacks, or three attacks, sorry. Two of them are, are non-power uh, costing. His builder is called Stab, which is a range two five dice builder. Uh, pretty normal. His gun is called Bang, and it's range four power, or strength four. And then if you roll wild and hit, you get to make another Bang attack. That, that ability is called Bang Bang. And if you hit and hit twice and wild with that attack, you get to make another bang attack. It's called bang, bang, bang. Um, so his actual output top end is kind of nuts. Like if you put him into an incinerate character, he could actually just one round some fairly high threat things with that. Um, you know, conditional, of course, but there it is. 
And then he's got a a, a spender called Duodenium. I think that's what it is. Duodenium poke. It's range two, uh, strength six, three costs. And uh, after it deals damage, it gives bleed and slow out, which is not bad. Um, he can spend three power to make an enemy character within range three lose two power. It's called Merc with a Mouth, and I love it. <laughs> He's got a, a passive superpower called I Know Karate, which lets him reroll one die in his attack and defense rolls, which is very, very, very strong. And then he's got an ability called Unicorns, Rainbows, and Sugar Plums Dancing Through My Head, which says he cannot be pushed or advanced by attacks from mystical attacks or enemy superpowers. And then he's got Healing Factor 2. So that's his front card. His back card is significantly beefier. Um, he's got 6 health on that side. His Duodenium Poke is replaced with something called Maximum Effort, which is a 4 cost, range truth, strength 7. And it's got a thing called Dance Party on a Wild, which lets him advance short. And after the advance, every character within range 2 suffers a damage, and he gains a power for each damage dealt, which is pretty strong. Um, then, he's also got a new ability on the back called All Right, Now It's Serious, which makes him count as healthy instead of injured for purposes of contesting objectives, playing team tactics cards, and special rules, which is, I think, very, very, very strong. All right. Um, I want to jump in here and talk about a couple things. Mm-hmm. Uh, First, there is there was a recent ruling on how dance party works. Okay. Um, notice it doesn't say enemy characters or other characters or anything like that. Uh huh. So that includes himself. Okay. Um, that, he will generate power. He does generate power off of it as well. Uh huh. Um, so it's an odd attack. Uh, but. It can potentially be a spender that ends up costing net one or net zero power, like reliably. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Also, uh, with healing factor two, it's not like he cares about that one damage to himself. Right. Um, and the second is how incredibly powerful all right now it's serious is in combination with Kingpin. Yeah, no, that's. I think that's like the instant everybody is going to zero in on that particular interaction. Um, Kingpin's leadership is the one that says all characters in this ro- or in this squad count as two characters when they're healthy for contesting. Yep. Uh, which is nuts. Um, so I think I think that's going to be incredibly strong. I also think that he's fairly resilient to control, which is pretty bananas. Honestly, like. He is actually immune to the mind gem. That's big. Yeah, that's a huge deal. Not being able to be Thanos around not is being not a, small. Being enchantress proof is a yeah big deal right now. Yeah, being enchantress proof, being Loki proof in many ways, um, yeah. because he can't be illusions and he can't be mind gem. So Loki's just like, well, crap. I don't normally have to play by the rules. This is stupid. I don't like this at all. <laughs> um. Also, uh, this, he has, I know, karate, which is extremely similar to the Inhuman superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically treat every attack in his defenses as one higher. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, when you're looking at his character pool, um, which makes him actually fairly resilient and have decent attacks. Yes. 
Yeah, and if you add any any kind of like damage or dice fixing or uh, defense lowering to this, I think I think people are going to be surprised by how often bang 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 happens and how many characters he just accidentally kills. So what I uh, a thought process that I've really started to look at and think is probably pretty strong is you put Deadpool on like a D secure or one of the split C's where they're mm-hmm. really hard flanks and you put Deadpool by himself um, and you take blind obsession and all of a sudden oh. bang is like incredibly good. Mm-hmm. Blind uh, obsession is the tactics card that you can play at the start of the turn and it lets you choose a character and another and an enemy character and you get plus two attack dice and plus two defense dice against that character and you lose two defense dice against everything else. Correct. And that ta- and that bonus isn't for one round. It is for until that character is gone. Yep. Until the enemy character is gone, right? Yeah. 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 Or your character is gone. Uh, which... Or your character. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I could actually see that being ridiculously good because it, being it, able to throw six dice at it and the reroll that's just really reliable. And they do like web warriors things of just like pulling you off the point. Um, because they actually have to deal with you. Yeah, that's that's tremendously strong. Um, Wakanda can still get around it, though, because all of their things that uh, push are attacks. Yeah, right. that aren't mis- and they aren't mystic. Um, and they are. And yeah, it has to be mystic. And he can still or be. Thr- um, so like Valkyrie Beast, uh, other three pointers with low cost throws uh, can mm-hmm. still get around him a little bit. Um, but. He is uh, he is still, I think, going to be fantastic. Yeah. So um, he's... one one ability you haven't really talked about is Merc with a Mouth. Is there uh is this the ability that you just never use, or do you think this has a place too? Like... Uh, I think this is actually fantastic um, for a couple reasons, and it depends on what affiliations you're in, obviously. Um, but so uh, on his healthy side, I don't actually love paying the price for a spender um yeah same so and so you can do things like and it's not an action um which is important so you can do things like yep. uh this like valkyrie's in charge range of him he walks up to be exactly range three pulls the two power off so she can't charge and then walks back to the point mm-hmm. uh there's a lot of characters like that that you, they will opponents will leave exactly X power on them for the next round so they can do what they need to do, whether it's mm-hmm. a throw or whatever. And being able to just pull two power off that is extremely powerful. Yeah. Uh, I also think X Force can be a strong power denial faction um, between Deadpool and um, Domino Spender. So in her Domino's panel to play, we got a little bit of information about her Spender. It's a six dice energy attack that doesn't give damage or doesn't give power for damage dealt and then apply stun. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's going to be really interesting. So between these two guys and maybe you bring in like Loki to make all the powers cost more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeez. You could really put attacks on your opponent's uh, power economy. Yeah, I mean, I'm down. That sounds absolutely monstrous to fight into with a lot of things. Um, many affiliations are built around not having to play fair and spend power. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really big. Like, and uh, other places that I was just offhand thinking about where Merc with a Mouth comes up, like 
Thanos hates this guy. Captain America hates this yeah, guy. Cap She-Hulk hates screwed this, guy. By this guy. Super hard. Yeah. Doctor anybody Strange. with bodyguard. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Doctor Strange hates this guy. Cable, interestingly enough, gets screwed by this guy. Um, How much does Hulk hate this guy since Hulk can't generate power? Oh, Hulk hates this guy so much. <laughs> I feel like that's canon in the comics, too, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody doesn't like most people don't like Deadpool, right? Yeah, Correct. that's that's fair. Um, yeah, I, no, I think that's a really see, good point, Tegan. I do see situations where he can have trouble generating his own power if he's being your guy to just sit on points. Um, so this might be this probably won't be an effect that comes up super often in Criminal Syndicate where he's just running and contesting. Um, but if you're playing him in affiliations like Cabal or A Force, um, mm-hmm. he will generate enough power to consistently be using this. And he only has two ways to spend power on his card, and it's a spender attack and this ability. So, yeah. What do you think about him and humans being able to use that extra power to also spend that around with his leadership? Um, I think it could be solid. I think the Inhuman roster is extremely tight on character slots. That's right. Not a. Uh, he might help with the desecure problem. Um, if, so if you're playing pure Inhumans, I can definitely I could see a slot for him. Mm-hmm. But if uh, you're playing Inhumans with something else, probably not. Correct. That's fair. Still, that's cool. Um, I also <laughs> random. I, I think he could be really fun in Brotherhood because he gets a lot a lot of power there, and so his like turn is just I merc with a mouth. Uh, everybody in range of me, and then I walk twice, and I mark with a mouth. Everybody in range of me again. Yeah. <laughs> Get wrecked. Yeah. That sounds like no fun for the person on the receiving end of it. I want to check something on a leadership real quick. Sure. Anyway, uh, these releases, while Peyton's looking that up, are coming out in. It was going to be March, and then it was going to be April, and now it's going to be May. So. Uh, for for the North American people, I believe Europe and Australia and uh, the rest of the planet uh, gets them before we do. But so, oh well. if he's playing with the Red Skull leadership, uh huh, and does dance party, oh and no, up within range three or range two of three enemy characters, does he gain seven power? Now you're gonna make me look at Red Skull's leadership. Aren't you? <laughs> um, does it count as an attack? I guess it does. Each time an allied character damages an enemy model with, or an enemy character with an attack, after the attack is resolved. No, I don't think no, so. No, because they're not individual attacks, eh? Yeah. Okay. So, so he'd yeah. only be in like five. Yeah. Okay. Only. And then Merc <laughs> so, with a mouth, two people. <laughs> add insult to injury uh, that's hilarious so the other thing I'm just going to comment about Deadpool and then we can move on unless anybody has something else is that um, we're talking about how annoying he's going to be which is wonderful because that's exactly how he should be in my opinion I 100% agree um, just uh, being super annoying and hard to deal with is exactly what Deadpool should be mm-hmm and we didn't really talk about his 
uh, tactics card because we talked about it last week, but he's often going to have healing factor three and have an, an extra power anyway. Um, yeah. That and you know be able to drop conditions willy nilly left, right, and center, which just makes him worse to play <laughs> against. So yeah, I'm excited. I think he's going to be fun. Um, yeah. So we had some homework, Teagues. Uh, yeah, we did. Um, the homework was we were going to go out and we were going to play some wide scenario focused rosters. Um, and I know we got a game against each other, a couple of games against each other. I played a couple more with, with my Wakanda thing. Um, and, uh, what were, what were your thoughts? How did you like playing wide Avengers? Um, I like the diversity of the roster. Mm -hmm. Um, I hadn't played Black Panther before. And oh, yeah. he was incredibly effective in the game that we played. Yep. Had some great moments. Both of our um, Black Panthers were incredibly effective in that game. They oh, yeah. were the MVPs on both surprising. sides. We had a couple five threat pieces that did nothing, and Black Panther just went nuts. It was kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot more to think about when you play wide, but I think it was pretty fun, just in terms of enjoyment, to have to think about so many things going on at once. I mean, yeah. people that play Warhammer War Machine will probably not sympathize with that. But, um, And then I really enjoy playing Loki with the Mind Stone in Avengers. I think he fits super well. Oh, yeah. Thanks for that, Peyton. Yeah. That sucked. I <laughs> hated that. <laughs> it was so bad. He did so much work. He was just like, I'm going to use I am a god for one. And I'm just like, please don't. That's great. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to do this. And then, oh, look, I, I dazed Angela. Oh. And I'm just like, uh. <laughs> It makes it makes um I think it, you were playing three pieces a force versus my four pieces Avengers, yeah, and it, it just made contesting objectives super super difficult super annoying. We could kite your characters yeah, we played, for days. We played gammas and cubes, yeah. and I just never had a foothold in the scenario because mm -hmm. I was playing Medusa and um, Angela She Hulk, Angela and She Hulk, yeah, and Loki just shut me down. Mm -hmm. So but, I think um, general conclusion, playing a lot of different types of characters is not only pretty good, but really fun as well. I think that was a good list. Yeah, I came away with the exact opposite impression. Uh, I do not like playing wide scenario focused rosters very much at all. Um, and I know this is probably slightly biased because I've been playing a lot of Black Order, but no, it's definitely slightly biased. But when I'm forcing myself to not attack things and just try to push stuff around instead of just going in there and murdering it very, 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 very dead. I'm not doing what I want to be doing. <laughs> uh, which is interesting because I like to play blue and magic and my favorite casters in War Machine have telekinesis, which is a spell that moves you around. And I just really enjoy going in and breaking stuff in this game. <laughs> I think the exact opposite, like controlling where people are positioned is really important in this game. Like if they can't get to you, if they have to spend an action to move before they can hit you, it makes a lot, um, makes a huge difference. It's why I think Hawkeye is, is a bit of a tangent, but his ability to hook shot and then shoot twice or shoot twice and then hook shot away, like having that extra action is just such a big deal. So position is super important. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I think that's that's probably really true. And honestly, it's probably a failure on my part as a player that I I don't 
find that as interesting in this game as I do in other game systems. But, oh, well, that's where I'm at. <laughs> um, I did, yeah, so observations other than that from my side of things. Um, and I got to play my my Wakanda, the Wakanda list you gave me a couple of times, Peyton. Um, uh, Black Panther is absolutely bananas. Uh, like, I think he's probably pushing the boundaries of what a fourth threat is acceptably able to do. Um, he's so hard to kill. He hits so freaking hard. He's so fast. Um, just like, wow, he's really good. Also, Shuri is the most annoying character in the game. <laughs> uh, like I agree got, with that statement. Yeah. Like I got through a game against another friend of mine on tabletop simulator and he was like, wow, you just like never failed to do damage so that you could just keep pushing with Shuri. And I was like, um, I got some bad news for you, friend. I don't gotta damage you to push her to push with her. It's like, what? <laughs> yep. Yeah, she's she she's the apocalypse. She also has the annoying habit of rolling way better for attacks than any other character on your team does. It feels like. So yep. even though she's capped at one, she's like, I just rolled three crits, four wilds, and two hits. <laughs> you use up all your, all your luck, all of yep. it. <laughs> But uh, I really, I really enjoyed the combination of Shuri and Panther. Um, the rerolls for his attacks and defense when needed were really, really strong. She was able to, you know, push things around. And this is hardly a revelation for anybody who's been playing this game for a while. But it's new to me, and it was really sweet. So, yeah, I'm gonna go back to playing things that kill stuff now. But you know, <laughs> someday, someday I might grow enough to. To enjoy it. Um, how? So, go oh, good. I've got a question for both of you on Black Panther. Um, how problematic did you find the mandatory push on his attack? Uh, did we play that was mandatory, Jaden? <laughs> I what don't know. <laughs> I'm trying maybe, to remember. I don't think it maybe, came up that often, to be honest, because yeah. we were playing on a map. Where there was a whole bunch of backstopping terrain right next to um, the scenario that's elements. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so, like, he was pushing stuff, but it was just going into walls. All right. Because I have found if you can position him properly, he can be one of the best beaters in the game. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, like, if your opponent likes throwing things, he gets really sad because he has to move up. Or he ha he's in, t in range, double attack. But then he's like, well, you're just going to go away. <laughs> right. Uh, and ends up not being able to do as much damage as he would like. Is a short push longer than range two? No. If he generates the power for the pounce. Yeah, then you uh -huh. can hit pounce, hit again, right? I say that. Let me double check real fast. <laughs> Technical intermission. Um, yeah, I can see that actually being really annoying though. Like now that you mention it, it didn't like mm -hmm. it didn't come up because we were fighting on the um, the space map with all the weird coral tree things everywhere mm -hmm. on Tabletop Simulator, and uh, like people were just getting backstopped into um, the terrain repeatedly. But I seem right. to remember Avengers making pounds cheaper being really really good. So even if you push characters away, you can always reposition. Smack again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you also had a couple of really cool plays with Panther where you were like, 
hit something, push it away, hit something, push it away, then pounce backwards and, and then play Avengers Assemble. And I was just like, please don't do this. I want to hit you eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate Avengers Assemble. That card is the worst. Yeah. Jaden? Yes. Have you had to play against uh, Ghost Spider in Avengers yet? No. Why is that a thing? No. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll schedule that right now. No. <laughs> really quick. One minute rundown on how Ghost Spiders is good in Avengers. All right. So she has two superpowers that are important. The first one is webline. Uh, pick an enemy within range four. Uh, pull them short towards you. It's a two cost <laughs> power. And the second one is a reactive power. And it's called Lifesaver. And it's the same. Th- uh, it's trickster, except instead of her doing it to herself, she does it to anyone, any friendly model within range four, and it costs two base. So it's down to one. To, in the and she gets to pull them towards her short. And if the attack yeah. is out of range, then the attack doesn't happen. And the other, the opposing character has to do something else. Ooh, it's kind of low key, a little bit. Yep. Yeah, no, that sounds miserable. Can we please not <laughs> do that ever? <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> sounds good. Uh. More no, I haven't played against week. her in Avengers, but I've played against her in A-Force quite a bit, and she's real solid there. Yeah. Um, but, again, I'm playing Thanos mostly, and I'm just like, alright, the first thing I do is I Cosmic Portal, Ghost Spider, out of range of the thing I'm attacking. And now we punch <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like Cosmic Portal, guys. I like that ability a lot. It's a real good rule. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we wrap up, do you want to talk really quickly about, we kind of had a discussion about killing stuff earlier, but um, objectives versus KOing, dazing people. Uh, so I have some thoughts about this because I've been thinking about it a little bit, trying to like refine my approach to playing Black Order. Um, basically, I think that you can make either approach work really, really well, and it comes down a lot to which crises you select. Because if you're trying to make something a list that you want to just punch everything to death, you want the crisis to score as slow as physically possible. And also, if possible, to revolve around one character carrying a single thing so that you can kill that character real, real fast and then deny your opponent that ability. So alien ship is basically like the best version of this for many for many kill you rosters because there's a chance that it just never comes into play at all. And if it does come into play, you can let, like you never go for it yourself playing the killy team. And if your opponent goes for it and gets it, then you just murder that character. Um, but I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is just like my initial thoughts after playing a few games here. Um, the, the rosters that want to win really quickly on scenario are going to play the faster wider uh secures and extracts where if you can push people away uh repeatedly you just kind of win yeah um so your faster scoring teams are going to look for secures that are worth more than one point and that are harder to control um so the three that come to mind off the bat um are gamma fisk uh witnesses and uh terrigen clouds Although mm-hmm. on that last one, um, it's a little bit um, iffy because of how high the threat is. Usually the control teams 
uh, prefer to be at 17 or less. Also, the Terrigen Clouds are really, 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 really spread out. They are. And uh, they tend the to get map. more spread out oftentimes. Yes, the same. It's the same map that the uh, Fisk Witnesses was on. Um, All right. Yeah, it's, it's the same scenario. It's just one of them is stun and one of them is poison. Yes. And one of them can be hired muscled. Oh, yeah. Gross. <sighs> hired muscle. Um, yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, and I think that's why, like, having played a fair bit on Tabletop Simulator now, there's like maybe six or seven crises that I see a lot. And I think it's because, you know, different rosters are trying to force the idea that they want into it. And they're either trying to kill stuff or they're trying to score out really fast. Uh, yes, I agree with some weird uh, crossplay. Like Asgard doesn't really do either version. They prefer like the pay to flips or oh, right. the um, or evac specifically mm. tracks. Um, so. It is also, it's, in my experience, uh, when, you pick, when you're picking one of these two styles to focus on, which I find players focus on one of these two styles, um, it really comes down to uh, how comfortable you are with dice variability. Mm -hmm. um, the three uh, faction or affiliations uh, that I consider hard control um, of... Criminal Syndicate, Akonda, and Web Warriors throw as little attacks as possible, um, just enough to pull you off points and score, or stand on there with more bodies than you and score. Um, whereas a Brotherhood, Inhumans, Cabal, uh, Black Order um, have to throw dice to win, um, mm -hmm. which is uh, so how comfortable you are with the dice variability in this game will lean you heavily to one side or the other in my experience yeah that makes sense too i hadn't considered that particular angle and it's why the factions that want to go for the attrition are going to play a lot of characters that have dice fixing built in a lot of the time yeah that makes sense um hmm. oh I actually have a question uh, because I've come in across this particular tactics card a number of times now, and I feel like it is custom built to absolutely mess up the sort of I want to win by killing you um, affiliations, and that is the Bitter Rivals tactics card. Um, I right. hate that thing. It feels like the worst thing to play into in the world when your game plan is I'm going to murder stuff. All right. So, so how, how do you propose dealing with that? So first, I'm going to counter your logic a slight bit. Okay. Um, as a kill team, you should largely have maintain priority, which means you mm -hmm. should be able to still get your, if your opponent has been rivals, you should be, be able to get still maintain a large uh, end days one person first activation. Sure, that's true. Um, secondly, I actually think that bitter rivals is better for a kill squad than it is playing against a kill squad. I, um, all right, yeah, I can see that as well. For for those of you at home that don't maybe have it in front of you, Bitter Rivals is an active uh, team tactics card. Any hero can play pay three power to play it, and then 
you put a token on one of the enemy heroes and all other enemy heroes within range three of that hero get minus one dice on attack and defense rolls for a round. And um, to answer your question, um, I think out of activation movement is the key um, to that. So usually the key, uh, the plan to play it defensively is you put it on an activated character that is played relatively centrally. And at that point, most teams can't move it. Um, so having access to cosmic portals combined with tactical analysis or climbing gear mm-hmm. um, can allow you to move that character to where it is not detrimental. That makes sense. Yeah. I just, I hate playing against that card. It makes me so sad. It's really, I, really, really, really I, I really, really, really enjoy combining it with um, Incinerate for uh, minus two attack dice on all my opponent's models. Yeah, I've also had it played on me combined with Disarm on... <laughs> minus three attack dice on all your model or on your yeah. one model that matters? <laughs> yeah, no, I had, I had Thanos with Bitter Rivals on somebody next to him and Disarm on him, and I was just like, this is the worst thing in the world. They're like, world. how do you like your four dice? No, three dice. Your three dice. Three dice attacks. And then, yeah, I was playing on Demons Down Down, so he was incinerated and rolling one defense dice. (sighs) Uh, What makes the math easy? (laughs) You're not wrong, but it's the worst. So there's no minimum defense dice in this game. Uh, So I have had the situation where Thanos ended up picking up the Senator on the 14th threat scenario. Oh, no. On demons, and so I had that bit of rival, so he was minus three defense dice. I was like, oh, this Great. is... <laughs> Great. Nice. It's the worst, and I hate it. But yeah, it's for right. bit of rivals, it's just having access, uh, access to enough out-of-activation movement to get the character to where it's not affecting your power pieces. Yeah. Um, and you don't pass with your first activation if your opponent has better rivals. You go ahead and kill somebody. Yeah, you have to daze the the most dangerous thing over there, or else you're going to be in trouble very badly. Or you can just use uh, Deadpool to steal all of their power, and then they can't play it. <laughs> That's not actually a good plan, everybody. Don't do that. That doesn't um, sound good, though. No. no. But, okay. okay. Fair enough. Uh, well, um, do we have any homework for this week or are we just going to sort of keep playing games and come back and talk about stuff in a couple weeks here? I have a question that I'd like to pitch right. people. So you got the starter box. You've discovered that Avengers is the shiz. You played lots of Avengers and you think, dang, I should try out another faction as a beginner. What is the second most beginner friendly faction besides maybe Cabal? Okay. So my suggestion is actually not to whole hog jump into another affiliation. Um, So you have three leaders in the Avengers affiliation that are um, leaders of other factions. (laughs) So um, my suggestion would either be to pick up Wakanda for those faster faster, um, scenarios. They're fairly beginner-friendly, very consistent, um, don't have a ton of characters. Uh, they're trying to wrap your mind around. Um, or Asgard. Um, uh, okay. Uh, with Thor. And both of those, you can do a dual affiliation roster with uh, with Avengers, so you don't have to 
learn an entirely different roster. You're just picking up three or four new characters in your given roster already. Mm-hmm. And if you already, already play Loki in Avengers, like that's not as hard of a transition then either. Right. Correct. Okay. Awesome. I'll have to do that. Cool. Yeah. I, I Also, they have really cool looking models in those affiliations, which never hurts. Although, I will not recommend Shuri and Okoye's box to anybody to build, ever. <laughs> it's pretty rough. <laughs> it's pretty rough. It's not a forgiving thing to try and put together. Uh, Shuri's hair is a different piece than her head, and the panther gauntlets come in three pieces. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, Rip, dude. Just get the best tactic card in the game, so... Which one is that? Wakanda Forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that tactics card's nuts. <laughs> Everybody gets a free attack. Yep. Yep. Alright. We'll have to try out a new faction then going forward. Yeah. Is there anything else we'd like to, to talk about before we close for today? No. I think we did a pretty good job covering stuff and probably be back in a couple weeks with more, more stuff to discuss. Alright, sounds pretty good. I guess we'll be saying goodbye then, hey? All right. Later, everybody. See you all next time. Bye. See you guys.